follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows. Our guests today are Mistress Viola Parker and Mona Darling. Viola is a BDSM coach and dominatrix. Mona Darling is a dominatrix and a BDSM coach. Together, (laughs) they own and operate Sub Rosa, Portland, Oregon's newest kink venue. Jen is looking at... Whose book are you looking at? (laughs) I I heard it. I'm looking at Mona Darling's uh, Kinky Sex Tips for Curious Girls. It's a workbook. My face is turning red. (laughs) A little bit. Hi, Mona. Hi. Hi, Viola. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. So I was really excited. Portland, Oregon is such a sex positive city, but we only had like three sex clubs and like six venues maybe sometimes so we need more can we like uh, clarify for the for the vanilla and ignorant people among us with oh the yeah dip, like so subspace or what is a subspace space is so, like what what is what so is actually that? i wouldn't okay. call it a subspace subspace okay. is where you go when you're very um that's a state of mind a state of mind <laughs> um top space is another state of mind okay. uh, so it's a fetish space a kink space a uh, dungeon Mm. So yours is beautiful. It looks like boutique style. Thank you. Like it's very polished. The colors are beautiful. Everything looks so intentional. It looks very curated. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it's Bam. beautiful. Yeah. What is your website? <laughs> Our website is sabrosapdx.com. And let's tell them about what we have at Sabrosa. Mm-hmm. Which end of the room do you want to start at? <laughs> well, so you walk in and... You're kind of um, ushered into the space uh, through through the dungeon, more dungeony portion. So we have a bondage wall, we have a medical table, we have a corner um, CBT chair. CBT. CBT, cock and ball torture. <laughs> cock and ball torment. <laughs> cock and well, ball teasing. Well, but also you don't have to have a cock to be in the the chair so i guess we could call it like the corner unit i don't know what we would call it it's it's hard to describe but it's a multi-use chair it's It's a a multi-use chair it's a padded wall in a corner where you sit down um your arms and legs are restrained uh you're basically spread eagle Mm -hmm. and (laughs) dangling off the floor I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> it's, well, it's actually a very unique piece. Like, it's uh, it's quickly becoming our favorite um, our favorite thing in the dungeon because it's, like, so unique and it's custom-made. And we got a bunch of custom-made furniture. It all matches. So we have a leather bondage wall that matches the 
the corner chair, we have two cages, one with a bondage table on top and one that's standing. Hmm. Can't buy this shit on West Elm. No. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> Someday, maybe. Oh, I see. Is it like that? She's actually Googling it. So I mean, it's, but it's probably kind of like that. It's, it's um, basically it's modeled after a bishop's chair, which is what that is. Okay. So something that you can restrain somebody with their arms and legs spread wide. Um, it access it gives you access to their tender el- underbelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So let's talk about you two separately for a minute in the work that you do. Mona, um, I looked at your website and was really interested and not really surprised, but I love it. That it says that you work with women and couples as a coach. Mm-hmm. And you said you started working with women after you heard so many stories of women feeling ashamed for having kinky interests. Indeed. Um, I had been working as a professional dominatrix for about 20 years and, um, I started a mommy blog because I was trying to get pregnant and um, was just going to document the weirdness of, you know, raising a child and then going to the dungeon and Mm -hmm. doing what you do. Um, And just all of these women would come approach me at conferences or DM me and just tell me about like these, these horrible things that they were terribly ashamed of, but like they were so happy to have somebody to talk to about them. And, you know, they just were all simple things that... Um, common things. There were common things. There were spanking. And, and there's some less common things. Um, but th- there were things that I dealt with all the time. And I saw the dichotomy between the men that I saw that were so entitled to come and live out these fantasies with me. And really? the women that were so ashamed and keeping them to mes- themselves. Hmm. And feeling broken and um it makes me really sad (laughs) (laughs) it it is that's why i say on my coaching site like why let men have all the fun Mm -hmm. um i really believe in feminism and feminism is men and women as equals and that means that if men can enjoy their sexual fantasies women should be able to enjoy their sexual fantasies too where do you think that shame like seems to stem from is it people with religious upbringings or is it just like society telling us that women's desires or i mean everyone's desires so mostly women's um mostly women's so the way i see it is that women from the time they are tiny are told to behave look pretty be nice or they're not going to like you don't mess up your dress like you don't want to look like a slob like you know, just you know or whatever it is that our parents do to us um and say to us and you can watch it like at the playground you can see the difference between the way kids are treated if they're uh presenting male or presenting female mm-hmm. i see this shit all the time i'm so, so glad to have another parent in here <laughs> so people you raise your girls like that and then you hit high school where sex is this forbidden thing. And if women enjoy it, they're sluts and whores and just they're put down. And if they don't enjoy it, they're, you know, ice queens and <laughs> they're made to, they're, you know, they're ashamed of how their body functions. They're ashamed of how their body looks. They're ashamed of how their body makes other people feel. Then magically, when they reach a certain age and they're allowed to have sex, they're supposed to really enjoy this body that is so shame filled and mm. like all of these things that come 
along with it. <laughs> Jen's head just exploded. <laughs> I, I saw... Um, I mean, it just sounds so much. Like It's just so familiar. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I've experienced all of those things. And I've had, you know, 20-something years working in a hyper-sexualized environment. I'm supposed to be really comfortable with this stuff. And it's still... Mm-hmm. Something I struggle with in my forties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now. I see Viola. You were um, nodding your head a lot. Do you have any preferred populations while we're talking about that, or like client types? And it's okay if no. I do. <laughs> I mean, I I actually have started to work with more couples as well. Um, so Mona and I are both kind of doing that, and I see this very frequently. People will come to me that are learning how to be dominant, and they want to do it with their partner. And I'm kind of there to be this third-party coach um, Mm -hmm. to help them have permission. It's funny how infrequently people don't actually talk about what they want in the bedroom and having a third party there to kind of elicit that without having to, like, have that conversation. A lot of it is just, like, facilitating these conversations in a playful, fun, and open environment. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely have been doing more couples coaching as well but usually from the perspective of like let's play in the dungeon and I can teach you how to use the toys but so much of it actually becomes the dialogue and the verbal like communication that is happening um even though they may have come to like learn how to use a flogger or something Mm -hmm. I think all of us probably can identify um power dynamics between partners pretty quickly So if you're like, oh, maybe she's uncomfortable and like he needs more information, you know, you can build that bridge or whatever. Or like they both need more information. And I mean, maybe you can sometimes see if something is like maybe arousing to a partner and maybe they don't even recognize it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever picked up on a, a client's cues? Like, I wonder if they would like this. And then it turns out maybe they do. And that's something you just showed them. Like, I could see you. I mean, this is a role. It happens all the time. I mean, I think. It's kind of funny. It's like I will think that the thing that I'm telling them is so obvious, but their like minds are blown. Could you give an example? Like, <laughs> well, you know, like I'm like, use the floor. What if I stepped on you right now? And then they're like, oh my God, I never knew I was into that. And I'm like, you're into it. You're into all of it. It's all weird and fun. And it's about power exchange. And like, you're on the floor and I'm standing above you and I look like seven feet tall and I would let you step on me <laughs> right now <laughs> and then they're like mistress I can't stop thinking about when you stepped on me and I'm like oh yeah that was like a thing I do like all the time but oh my you're God, do so you tell angry. them what you're about to do to them I tell them everything I re- I'm very verbal and I think that that's one of the things that you know people don't understand is that it's so little about like the techniques and stuff and so much about the verbal things it's like summoning up like what Mona was saying about you know what you're told as a female this is very true for men too like what you're told as a man to be strong and and it's kind of like these things that we're doing in session are kind of dismantling all these cultural stereotypes and like summoning them up and bringing that shame to the to an erotic place as opposed to um like you know feeling really scared about it so it's like kind of like let's like expose ourselves to the words and the things that really scare us repeatedly and like bring mm-hmm. it to like a sexy place as opposed to <laughs> well I mean that's what when she was saying like you're told you're a slut and a whore like every female client that I've had wants to be called a slut and a whore because that's fucking fun oh my Most god I was literally just having too. actually that same thought as as you were talking about this really sad thing that I I mean 
I must say there was part of me was just like socking it away for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like, wait, oh, that's about so- which part? Give examples so everyone listening. No. Is <laughs> <laughs> about being the idea of being called a slut and a whore in the bedroom. Yes. Yes. In yeah, a safe place. It's completely place. different. Okay. But and that's you know, that's maybe kink. it's a nice way to reclaim it from all the bullies in Definitely. high school. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and jerk off with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that gives you <laughs> power over it. That's where you reclaim the power. Mm-hmm. And that's like exposure therapy. It's like let's like take all the things that scare us and like do them in a sexy way so that I have power over it as opposed to having it like thrown at you in an angry place you know Mm. I've definitely worked with clients who wanted to relive things Mm. who wanted to like walk through things and be able to like reclaim it Um, whether it was abuse uh, I had a client really intense um, who was in a situation where he was part of a government sanctioned basically gang rape oh my god um and um you know he had a lot of guilt around that and he just liked to to relive that as the top in a way that he was kinder and gentler Mm. and things didn't happen the way they did holy shit yeah that's that's intense Mm -hmm. i like watching jen's eyes when she hears stuff like this well i mean i know it's gonna sound stupid even though i'm just thinking about like how helpful it could be for my clients who have spent a lot of time in prison because all kinds of shit happens to you Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. you know and yeah yeah there's a real method of healing for a lot of people like intentional healing with their kink i believe yeah oh definitely yeah catharsis transformation all of those things happen in session i see it happen to people in session and then like i said to me it just feels like these things that i do with people but after the fact you get these emails you know that are just i've never been able to yeah i've never been able to like get this out before and it can be really really transformative for people mm-hmm. most definitely so emotionally exhausting sometimes though. oh yeah but it doesn't have to be you know to take things on the upswing yes please, um, please mona <laughs> do it kids play kids discover their bodies and the world around them through play and then we stop doing that when we're an adult and we need to do that and kink is just doing that mm-hmm it's mm-hmm. just discovering the world around you and how things and how, you know, your body reacts and mm-hmm. how your brain reacts to different stimuli and different games. I have noticed with my child, with my six-year-old, um, as she gets older, she's dipping into being the villain in some roles in her mm-hmm. playtime. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I know. So and it, it really makes me realize like, oh, yeah, when do adults stop being able to safely be the villain? Mm. You know? Never fear me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm. You're pretty I'm, villainous. I feel like I've always kind of embraced. <laughs> you're not a villain. You're just dour and sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> you're like. I work on defense teams. You're I'm the villain. You're chaotic <laughs> like positive. The bad guys. <laughs> you're not the bad guys. So Jen's a private investigator for the defense and you do really good work because a lot of your clients have been so heavily stigmatized that no one cares about their lives anyway i mean absolutely and a lot of i mean a lot of crimes people commit are like crimes from addiction and poverty and like Mm -hmm. just have been terribly abused Mm -hmm. but yeah but still i don't know society it's the same thing it's like if you've been accused of a crime you must be guilty and you're 
Mm-hmm. You must deserve it. Maybe if you didn't even do it, you're a bad person that lives a bad lifestyle and you deserve to go and to that jail. Comes up, that comes up with that, kink stuff. And how can you defend that? Yeah. Well, when people don't have information, like with kink things, when people say they get hurt because they don't know what they're doing because they saw something that sounds exciting, but they don't have access to information or like the workshops that you guys do. <laughs> so then people are like, oh, kink is dangerous because people get hurt. It's like, mm-hmm. no, people get hurt because they don't have information or like practice or understanding. I think the kink is also what people think it is from what they see in pop culture, mm. um, which love it or hate it. There was a movie out recently, which okay, one? recently, 10 years ago. Um, which one? <laughs> the talking? whole Fifty Shades oh, okay. of Grey. I was going to ask, how do we have to, it has to come up. How do you feel about Fifty Shades? Um... Mm. You can drag it through the mud. I already no, have. No, no. Okay, so. <laughs> Mixed um, feelings, I think. I just like to concentrate on the fact that it did start a conversation. It mm-hmm. gave a lot of people permission to talk about fetishes and fantasies. It gave a lot of people to language, to learn about things that they'd been interested in. Um, and it gave a lot of people a way to research those things and those activities and find out how to do it safely. Mm-hmm. So that is a plus, which is, is not done safely in the movie. Really? I mean, no, it's, it's did you teaching see the movie? by bad example. I still I, haven't seen it. I finally watched it. Viola I was like, it's it. just wealth porn. Wealth no, porn. if it was, <laughs> if it was some guy taking some girl to his, you know, shanty, shanty trailer. outside of Seattle <laughs> instead of his high rise. And they weren't hot. Then it would have been an episode of CSI. Yeah. Oh, damn. (laughs) Well, I mean, I was like, oh, there's going to be gratuitous sex scenes. And instead, there's like gratuitous helicopters. They're like Cessna (laughs) scenes. Like he's like taking her on an airplane and it's just like this dumb date that they're Uh, having. And I'm like, when are you guys going to fuck? Because that would really do it. I would be like, oh, God, he just paid them all off. Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> so hard. <laughs> oh God, I want some man to do that for me. Oh, oh my God. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> Attention, service, and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Strange Bedfellows is also brought to you by Black Bulb Podcast. If you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art, why not hear from the artists themselves? Your hosts, Alex and Ben, collect influential artists of the West Coast to discover how they seek inspiration, how they handle mental health, 
and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world. All discussed on Black Bulb Podcast. That's black like the color and bulb like a light bulb. So welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Thank you for listening to us everywhere. And then our bonus content on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. Our guests today are Mistress Viola Parker and Mona Darling. We have your workbook. Ooh, where is it again? Can I see it's that? Over here. Thank you. A BDSM activity book for beginners. It's a This is big. And you sell this where? I, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can get it from me. Uh, but you can also get it from Good Vibrations. This is awesome. And you can color in this. You can write in this. There's all kinds of definitions and like how-tos. And then there are word finds. So you can use your new vocabulary. You can look for it. I love word finds. I just saw a vulva. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm going to take a picture of this later. Um, and you two have opened Sub Rosa in Portland, Oregon. And that is a kink venue space. It is, uh, it is a dungeon that is available for private rentals for the community. Uh, there are community events there, but most importantly, there are all kinds of awesome classes there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a class. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with you. Will yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's John smaller, do it. smaller, more intimate classes. Okay. Um, and they're pri- very private. You don't get the uh, address until 24 hours before the event. It's not like the kind of place where... You're going to, you know, somebody's going to walk in while you're learning the fine art of uh, mapping the vulva, which is <laughs> being taught by Stella Harris. Ooh, Stella Harris was our second guest, our first oh. or second guest on this show. Yeah, I think, I think awesome. she was the first one. Yeah, she was our yeah, first. she's awesome. Yeah, lovely Stella Harris. Um, so we're going to talk more about your venue in a little bit. Let's do some listener questions. All right. You want to read this one, Jen? Ha, ha, ha. Um. <laughs> Jen uh, has this problem, too. I have this problem. How can I learn to talk or text flirty or dirty? I'm really bad at it. For example, my lover told me he loves my pussy, and I got so nervous I responded, ditto. <laughs> he does not have a pussy, by the way. I wonder who wrote this question. I wonder who wrote this question. It's almost like this question came to me at a 2 a.m. text message from Jen. (laughs) (laughs) I reworded it a little, okay? (laughs) To the question, I think we have two wonderful ladies who could make some suggestions. I'm great with dirty talk, with dirty text. Um, I once uh, was texting with my um, husband about masturbation, and he corrected my spelling. Hot. Because my spelling is really bad. What he got out of it all. And um, <laughs> some people are really into that. I mean, have you seen oh, yeah. Secretary? <laughs> I loved that movie. The Red Marker. <clears throat> um, but with dirty talk in general, I uh, I do like to talk about um, ways in which you can incorporate that. I'm sort of on the spot. I'm like, oh shit, how do you do that now? Wait, um, <laughs> I know how to do this. Uh, a lot of it is just getting past that nervousness that you're going to say something wrong. So first you have to realize that you're going to say something wrong. Um, the second is you have to really know your partner and your partner's interests 
and the difference between things that they find taboo yucky and taboo hot, which means you have to do a lot of communication with them, uh, a lot of negotiation. Um, And I think a lot of people feel that negotiation is sort of taking all the fun out of things, but it's not. It's setting an arena that you're going to play in. So part of it is finding that arena, even if it's just for sexy talk. Um, and never underestimate a good book report. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean by book <laughs> report? If you're reading some kind of erotica, send quotes that, uh, that you like you or, you know, yeah. Um, just quotes, uh, pull little words out, um, when you're texting, you're sexting back and forth or doing any kind of dirty talk, nobody is expecting any kind of award or any kind of like, you know, <laughs> they're expecting to get off. It doesn't have to be full sentences. Well, uh, I feel uh, like I need to get better at this. So my, the person that I'm like, kind of, I don't even know what the fuck it is right now, but they live in another <laughs> country. And so I'm not going to be seeing them that mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. but we talk every day. And I think that this might be something that eventually happens over FaceTime. Like mm-hmm. he's expressed some interest in that. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's escalating. And I'm just <laughs> like so, titillated and horrified at the same time. Like this combination of like, fuck, mm-hmm. like what? So in the dungeon, we have to do a lot of dirty talk. Okay. So you have to get to know somebody really quick on the fly. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do that is to mimic them. Mm. Okay. Repeat back to them what they're saying. That's a great one. It's seriously a lot of what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So, or like... You are getting so turned on right now. Look at the way your body is changing. Ooh, you're getting an erection. Look at what's happening to you. You know, just like commenting on exactly what is happening in the moment. You're a dirty little whore. What kind of whore are you? (laughs) What kind of whore are you? No, tell me more. Tell me more. No, I want you to confess everything. And then there you go. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to... Does it help to like rehearse this shit so it doesn't so you're not just like i love it when you eat should we do that now oh god (laughs) (laughs) let's 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 keep it simple for jen okay let's keep it simple um i have to say people here (laughs) anytime i rehearse something i then get up and (laughs) can't remember what i was gonna do listeners you're about to hear like the most embarrassing moment of my entire life or you're about to get really turned on. That, that could happen or too. Or a combination of both of those things. So. <laughs> Which is always fun. I like that one. Zoom. What did I tell you? I said, well, I was like, keep it simple. So I'll just say something like, oh my God, I really like this. Like, I'm really turned on right now. Like, just keep it simple. Or like, I don't even know what to say right now. You're making me so bashful, but I'm so turned on. You know, keep right. it keep it true to your nature first. And then you can push yourself with saying things like, I want your thick cock deep inside my wet pussy or whatever. Mm. I just maintained <laughs> eye contact with you. <laughs> I think she wants your cock. I think that's what's happening. Oh, my God. If I was a guy, I would have a huge one. So, you know. Right, well, I'm very proud of you for maintaining eye contact. Um, <laughs> How have I been a dancer this long and been like... <laughs> This like 
<laughs> yeah. Some of us just, it's not really in the job description for dirty talk, but you too. Um, what else? Can we think of anything else? I mean, practice for sure. I think like a fun way to get into it too is to think about when I do role play scenarios, people will start by saying I really like this idea of like a teacher or student or something like Mm. that and then I just kind of like improv with it and it just ends up like more like a dynamic than a story I think people get really scared by role plays but Mm -hmm. I think it can be really hot to do role plays over text I know that's maybe it feels like more complicated than it is but like you can get into Mm -hmm. like just kind of like verbal like um, roles in a text message where you can say like, Ooh, daddy, or like, Ooh, you know, I'm sitting here like, you know, and they all those words are so loaded. And so I think you can really get into like playing some like little roles via text or thinking mm-hmm. about what you're requiring him to do from afar, what he's requiring you to do from afar can be really sexy. Like mm-hmm. I want you like to get ready for me, all these kinds of things that, you know, are preparation and like teasing mm-hmm. and lead up can be really hot. Send me a photo of something you would use on me. Oh. So, you know, like yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm also a big fan of sending that I mean it's not talking but the I got this from L actually. It's like sending um <laughs> sending the screenshot or like a clip of porn that you're like when you see something you're like, "I want to do that." Mm-hmm. Like that specifically that they're doing right there. And that's mm-hmm. hot. I want to do I mean, that. Yeah. Like yeah. Take notes because yeah. that's that's know. awesome. I love that. The other that. thing that I wanted Happy to say to about helpful. role play is mm-hmm. that that can be fun because then it's not you saying, I want your thick, hot cock jammed down my throat. <laughs> it is, you know, Lordy. the dirty little horror that, you know. <laughs> there you go. Like, I'm feeling like <laughs> such a dirty little whore today. What should I do about it? <laughs> <laughs> questions, like, questions, like, and then getting into that role, because then it's like so much of that can can be done. Like, I think you can get away with a lot of that. Like, I've had serious good text with people that in person, the dynamic just isn't there. Mm. It's a weird thing. Like, I've had, like, mm-hmm. relationships with somebody who I have really good text with. And then when we actually, like, get together, it's not as hot. And I think it's because there's this distance with texting where you can really get into some weird ideas and like some sexiness and if they if they give good text it's like oh this is so hot I'm getting so turned on but it's like it's so different in person so mm-hmm. I mean luckily, it can, luckily it's like foreplay not that way with this person and I I feel like it can get a lot dirtier you know it's yeah. just mm-hmm. in person or in text in person mm-hmm. I mean it's already dirty in person I guarantee so you I will... think this is just like it's like snowballing and everything yeah. is like escalating and just, that's the yeah. that's the fun part it is the fun part also take <laughs> notes on the trigger words that they use the words that they use mm-hmm. a lot because even you know what do they call their genitalia my husband and I actually had this conversation about like people of our generation call it a cock but younger kids kids these days seem to call it their dick yeah for sure and so i'm laughing because i fucked like i kind of use like three decades apart and i'm like "Eh, yeah definitely don't call it a peepee or a wiener a ween yeah i call it a clitty stick (laughs) but i do a lot of humiliation meat flute a clitty stick I do. I do a lot of as a, a pro dom. I do a lot of cross dressing and sissification and humiliation. Mm, ooh la la. So, 
That sounds really fun. It does sound really it fun. It is so fun. So those are all great suggestions. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> if anyone has any more or let us know what's worked for you. Uh, I would love to, us. to hear. Yeah. Please let us know. Write to Pillow Talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. Let's go to the baby vagina zucchini question. The, wait, the what? what? <laughs> baby vagina Okay. All right. Oh I'm going to let you read that let, one. Let me read this one. <laughs> Obviously, a baby can come out of a vagina, and I've seen girls sit on wine bottles and other oh. large objects. I have tried an extra large zucchini and the wide end of a beer bottle, but my pelvic bone stops it from entering me. Is this something people can only do after carrying a child? I know that hips can separate over nine months before labor. I want to test my boundaries with what I can put in my pussy, but I'm not sure if my anatomy will allow for it. Any ideas? <sighs> so I feel like my the way my hips are structured is or was different than before um i can definitely fit more in there now than i could before everybody's different so i guess i just don't understand so it's wait that where what part of the bone is keeping it from going in there is it like the actual <laughs> vagina is stretching and it's i'm looking around to see if i had like a skeleton model in here but i don't something yeah i i maybe know they should they're... aim it up a little oh no is that's aimed... the bone they're talking about ah shit it can be angle um what about your coccyx bone too? Your little tailbone? Yeah. Right. If it's like just narrow in between there and they can't. So it'll... cisgender women okay. are apparently more likely to break their coccyx because it tends to be angled out more, especially after we've given birth because it tends to move your tailbone when a baby passes through. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons labor fucking hurts because it's literally moving your bones and mm-hmm. shit around. Um, so I would say I, I'm sure it makes a difference, but then there's people who can take fists and all kinds of things in their vaginas you know, everybody's built differently. Right. Mm-hmm. So I I would suggest don't lay on your back when you're trying to put things in you because I was told by my midwife that that actually closes up the position of your bones more than if you're squatting or on your force. Oh, I was just about to say that. Which is why like, birthing people tend to right. naturally squat or be on their fours when they give well, birth. And why the squatty potty is so popular. <laughs> that gets your poop out better. People. Yeah, there you go. But laying on your back is like optimum for the doctor who's looking in. It's not really necessarily if you're in labor. So mm-hmm. maybe try squatting over your object. What do you two you think, go. Mona, Viola? Um, I would say uh, trying different angles because everybody's body is different. Um, trying different lubes because different lubes are going to help bigger things slide in and feel more comfortable. Um, but also what is what is the like need that you're going after? Are you going after something because you want to see some giant thing disappearing inside you? Or do you want that feeling of fullness? Because if you want that feeling of fullness, you know, explore fisting mm. um, and explore inflatable toys mm. because those are going to give you oh. a much more full feeling. And there's even inflatable toys that vibrate. So it can be really intense and they can really, yeah. Anyway, I'm nodding. <laughs> where where are you going? We're just getting started, man. <laughs> this person sounds like they have a kind of athletic approach to it. Like they're just like, I want to get there. Yeah, and I, I understand that. I want to take home the gold. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna do this Olympic sport of like fitting stuff in there. Um, I understand that because sometimes when I watch porn, I'm just like, wow, 
That's amazing. <laughs> Could I do that? There's Can things I, I see. Do, do you ever think that? Feats of strength. Feats of strength. Feats of vaginal strength. Well, no. I mean, I just, if you ever go to Mr. S in San Francisco and look at the butt plug room, there are some butt Whoa, plugs in yeah. there that are enormous. And I'm just like, how is it possible? Mm-hmm. It's insane. The human body Mm -hmm. is nuts. Yeah, and everybody's different because some people can take a lot of width and they can't take a lot of depth. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, I just say, keep trying. Mm -hmm. Find more things. (laughs) Find different shapes because different shapes are going to fit in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm speaking from experience because I like big things. (laughs) I can't lie. I went through a size queen um, phase for a minute and a lot of it was like, Mm -hmm. let's just see how much. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like once I figured out what my maximum capacity was, I was like, okay, I don't need to test this boundary so often. Yeah. Um, I, strangely, I haven't done it nearly as much since I had a child. I haven't done the sex nearly as much since I've had a child. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> done the sex. I love doing the sex. I love doing the sex. Someone said something <laughs> recently. They were like, oh, oh, that's what it was. So I did webcam last night and they have you um, wear this vibrator that you put inside yourself and when people tip it, it vibrates, <gasps> which is great. I know. And they can control the intensity and how long. And it's really fun. Is it the Levens? Yes. One? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have one. I have a client that has the the butt plug mm-hmm. and nice. wears it and um they like it they do my only okay <laughs> I'm like can you get one of those like just to have yeah, okay yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> my god yeah I know I know I was like, you can control with you your phone totally, it's Bluetooth so yeah. they okay. can you can control, control it across from the world. Uh, yeah, I had a partner world. who made me put it in while I was at the bar and then controlled it while I was going to get a drink exactly from I the table feel like that would not be cool because I would fall on over it was hot <laughs> and be like i'm not a very composed person uh, i would just be like ah. you had to be composed though that was the challenge yeah. oh before oh. i get away from it so so Sorry. i had one of those in there okay i had one of those in there and then i also had this glass butt plug um because i was doing cam and it was like a more private session and someone's like do you have a dildo and i was like i'm not putting a dildo in here with this vibrator and then i was like wait but i have this glass butt plug which is clear so when it was inside the like the flare held it in there mm-hmm. and the base kept everything like nice and round looking and you could see into my pussy and you could see the pink love ends toy <gasps> and i just like held my cunt up to the cam and it was like spread eagle just somebody commented wow and I was like yes (laughs) but that was the closest to my like size queening and it was still again like two toys that are like the size of my fist so not extraordinary by any stretch of the imagination Um, stretch stretch (laughs) 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 yeah everybody's different I couldn't have put more in there at that point but I've done more like in the past so we just have our days too you know Oh, no, you totally. Mm-hmm. Hey, friends. Do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax, followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? 
Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. All right, so welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast with our guests Mona Darling and Mistress Viola Parker. So we only got halfway through talking about the layout of the space. Where did you start with? I remember I heard the words medical wall room. <laughs> right. So I was I was talking about the medical room. We have all these cages and bondage walls. But then on the other side, we have a cross-dressing soft space, a space where Mona, Mona specializes in cross-dressing and sissification, Mm-hmm. We both do sessions that involve that. Can you talk a little little bit about the soft space? Yes, mm. I love the soft space. Um, a lot of the games that I play are very non-typical, um, what you think of as a pro, you know, dominatrix. Um, I do a lot of age play and cross-dressing specification. Mm, age um, play. Can yes. you give an example of age play? Someone, age play. Someone's acting a different age? Someone is acting a different age. Um I being I'm gonna be 50 in January. I'm probably gonna what? be 50 by the time this comes out. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Please I, let me look like you when I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. Please um, let me look like you. <gasps> so I think that the older I get, the more, and I'm curvy. So the older I get, the more I fall into that role of mommy. Mm. Um, and I love the whole perverted mommy aspect are you mean mommy or kind mommy sometimes i'm mean twisted mommy um (laughs) i'm the mommy that um i had a really fun session the other day uh somebody came to me with the interests of mommy and like wanted a really intense spanking but also was curious about tease and denial so we ended up uh, it evolved into this play where um, I would spank him for looking at pornography when he was supposed to be going to bed. Bad boy. Bad, bad boy. And then I would make him stop and stand in front of me and stroke his cock until he couldn't stroke it anymore, telling him that he was going to get a, a spanking and that if he had been a good boy, he might have got an orgasm, but instead, and so he would have to stroke until he like was on the verge of orgasm. And then I would say, no, keep stroking. I'm not, no, you're going to get punished. And then like slam him down and spank him and tell him what a naughty boy he was. Did and he ever get to have an orgasm? He did. <laughs> While I was spanking him and his ass was completely bruised and lovely. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And as he was leaving, he was like, oh, you're so good at the mommy thing. I was like, yeah, that's because I'm old enough to be your mother. Right. <laughs> well, it's like you're both mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do a lot of uh, age play that is just people wanting to regress and be silly little sissy baby and wear big frilly dresses and diapers. Um, so they usually come with like their own clothes or do you have like a wardrobe? Oh, she yeah. has so much amazing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to see. That's I have awesome. a lot of, a lot of uh, adult baby stuff. Mm-hmm. Some pretty, pretty dresses for the All baby. Right. Good. I'm glad because that totally answers my questions. We have well, to make sure we can get through the whole layout of the room. But yes, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, so I have another just side question. Though. Go for yes. it. Is it con- okay? 
So do people always orgasm like during like, you know, kink sessions? Is that no. like the po- point or no, is it no. not the point? Totally okay. not the point. Um, you can orgasm at home. I thought you were going to ask about babies. Babies Sorry. don't always get an orgasm, but sometimes they Sorry. make to, they need, they get to make a gummy or a, a number three in their diaper. <sighs> um, but no, <laughs> I do a lot of tease and denial and sometimes that means that they get really really wound up and then sent home Mm. Um, Ooh, nice and sometimes pain is really intense and there's no orgasm uh viola and i occasionally do doubles and we just single-tailed the bejesus out of some guy single-tailed like a a whip it's like a whip it's a whip Mm -hmm. whip. okay (laughs) and you know there was just absolutely no (laughs) interest in orgasm (laughs) after that (laughs) He um, was all about the pain. So. What's the cycle? As I say, it's like the cycle. As I'm learning, because I'm you know a late bloomer here, it's like it seems like it's a it's a psychological thing that you'd save for later, kind of and carry around with well, you. Well, I mean, yeah. it's just you know, not it, always the point, right? You know, it's hard to it's, wrap your head around at first. You know, like if you've never thought of it that way, it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, also it's interesting. You know. I like to maybe take the orgasm is not the point of sex. Orgasm is not the point of pleasure. And in fact, a lot of people feel like they, um, you know, that your orgasm is not for yourself, but to show your partner that you were having a good time. And that Mm. sort of sucks. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of times that sucks for, for women who may have a hard time orgasming and it sucks for men who may like, you know, have erectile different difficulties or a problem you know, holding off orgasms. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's about pleasure. I like that. So where else? Are, take us, continue the tour. What else so do you have? So we have a big, beautiful, actually it's not big, but a lovely red velvet settee um, that is totally like pinup, beautiful, um, that is great for doing things like foot worship or just um, any kind of worship uh, I'm going to be teaching an over-the-knee spanking class, and so that's where I'll sit when I teach that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you head over all the way into the corner, we have a lovely dresser with a big, huge mirror that looks down on a four-poster canopy bed that actually has an adjustable mattress. So one end of the bed will come up, so it turns into like a little sissy spanking bench it's really awesome (laughs) um she added tie points to the bed and um there's little predicaments that you could get into on the bed um with rope or other restraints that's wonderful so did we make it through the building that's a lot of stuff it's yeah it's actually not a very large room but we really wanted to utilize the space and kind of like the idea of little stations and creating really photographable moments in in all parts of the room because we were limited on space but it actually we I think we did pretty good we did an amazing job yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful the photos are great it's amazing remind us the website that's subrosa which is s-u-b-r-o-s-a pdx.com um, can we talk about, while we still have a few minutes, can we mm-hmm. talk about any challenges you might have had um, in terms of business ownership? Just, okay, what about FOSTA? We like to do these little FOSTA check-ins. We, in the beginning when the show started, we talked about how it had been very disruptive for me and Jen was kind of learning about how it could impact her even as she was like trying to phase out of the industry. But as dominatrix and then teachers, 
have has Fosta impacted you? In every way. Definitely. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, there's a there's overall there's a censorship happening on the internet because all of the websites are having so a gut awesome. reaction to Fosta Sesta. There haven't been a lot of there hasn't been litigation yet, as far as I know, from Fosta Sesta beyond um, so it's just websites shutting down people's profiles. And I know DOMs who've had, you know, their networks of 10,000 just disappeared in one day from Instagram, from Twitter. Mm-hmm. And these are people that are doing, you know, pro-domination work. Advertising has been shut down. Backpage, the shutdown of Backpage affected a lot of pro-DOMs. Mm-hmm. Um, Eros is a mess. Backpage is really unfortunate because that affected a lot of um, sex workers that can't really afford to go to advertise or to, to advertise a, and right. don't have any place and so that you know those are the people that had to go maybe on the streets or right. mm-hmm. yep so generally speaking i think i'm because i have a website and people find me through native google search i'm doing actually pretty okay with it but i do recognize that um you know at any point my social media could be shut down because of like I use the wrong hashtag. I don't really know why they're shutting people down, um, or because I talk about sex worker rights a lot, and um, and you know, so you it's just just never know what's going to get you shut down, right? right. And then you know, um, people have had their blogs just removed from the interwebs, and there's you know, my there's a lot of different ways that it could affect us, so. Um, it's just right now it feels like there's a lot of fear and just like shuffling about like what's the best way and and everybody trying to share information. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted to start Sub Rosa because um, it can be very isolating being an independent pro-dom and there's uh, and one of the things I really missed I started in a house of domination in the East Bay um, in San Francisco um, And I had this amazing community, you know, of people. And then you go independent and you're online and you're doing your work and you're meeting your clients and there's just the community isn't there. So when Mona and I got together, that conversation was, we were just so excited about the idea of the community about it, that it became so much more about that than like just about the hustle and like Mm -hmm. doing classes and supporting other people in the community. Mm -hmm. And how can we do that better and make a safe place for people to do their sessions if they want to, um, to learn. So that's really where, where mm-hmm. we, where we got may, to with it. May I mm-hmm. ask you just the, the most stupid question, but like, so, cause I, had, I feel like this is something we were talking about earlier with Elle's boyfriend that is dancers, like lots of normie people think that we just go home and like snort lines off people's asses in a hot tub and all the kind of like, like pedestrian views and like sex. <laughs> okay. So can I ask what your personal sex life is like? Like where your work and personal line is drawn? I'm so curious. Like is it a total like lifestyle, like 24-7 lifestyle? Or I don't it- really believe in 24-7, <laughs> honestly. Like that's like you still have to go to Fred Meyer and like get right, groceries. Right. But um, <laughs> I mean, obviously <laughs> you're probably Fred not going to be wearing bondage here to <laughs> no, Fred I mean, Meyer. But- I mean, Mona can speak to this too. I mean, like uh, – how does how about this do you feel like your kink work informs your intimate life or vice versa I definitely feel like it has I've become a more confident person through this work when I started as a pro dom I was putting on the outfit and like 
acting as if because fake it till you make it is like my motto. But like (laughs) the more that I became like that, that person became me like, and I became confident and saw like the power of sexuality and the power of myself and my own empowerment. Like it just, it really infiltrated everything that I do and the way that I date and like how I won't suffer fools and the way that I like deal with people online and people coming at me and asking for my attention and my time and my fucking emotional labor. Like I, I value myself a lot more through this work and Mm -hmm. it has affected me in that way because now I just like know how to ask for what I want Mm -hmm. uh, sexually. But I would say that I'm not actually very kinky in my personal life. Well, uh, but some person's kink is like, I don't know. I am kinky, but, um, but in a way that's, like, not what you would think, like, a dominatrix would, right. like, I'm not, like, going home and, like, jumping on my boyfriend's face and, like, and, like lick it, you know. Um, sometimes, sometimes once it's though. negotiated and when the time is right. <laughs> One of the other things is you have clients bringing crazy gifts of like fetish toys and such and all of a sudden you're like i would have never bought that i've never seen one of those that's really awesome and then you get to take it home and play with it that's cool yeah there's definitely an overlap like how could the how could the parts not overlap at least a little Mm -hmm. um so before we finish we're going to do our 10 minute uh bonus clips uh for patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows so we'll talk about this stuff a little bit more but as we wrap up our main episode here. You can find more about Mona at darlingpropaganda.com. Viola, do you have a website? Or yes. what is what good? What is it? It's mistressviola.com. Wonderful. And then subrosapdx.com. We've talked about that. Um, thank you so much for coming on, both of you. Thank you so much thank for you. having us. For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com. 